Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, August 29th, 2022. Well, as we start another week, it can be important to think through our expectations. What are you expecting this week? And really, let's let's step back and take a bigger view. What are you expecting in life? I mean, have you noticed how sometimes expectations can make a big difference in your experience of something. I was just, you know, talking with somebody about a movie we'd seen years ago and it was like, well, I went in with high expectations and so I thought it was terrible and he went in with low expectations so he thought it was it was good, right? And our expectations affected our experience. And I think as Christians, having the right expectations can save us from some problems in the Christian life. And one of the things I want to make sure that we have our expectations right on is that the Christian life will be difficult. And we're going to see that today through 1 Kings 19 through 21. We're going to see some of the difficulty of of even serving the Lord. Because what we're going to see here, we ended last week literally on the mountaintop, right, with this victory over the prophets of Baal and God bringing down fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice and you know even revival seeming to break out on the spot the lord he is god the lord he is god the people responding to god and elijah over the prophets of baal uh, what an amazing experience that was but what we're going to see for elijah he goes straight from the mountain into the valley And we'll pick it up right there at the beginning of 1 Kings 19. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And then Elijah, he was afraid and he arose and he ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which is clear on like the other side of the country, which belongs to Judah. So at this point, actually, it's in a different country because now he's in the southern kingdom and he goes a day's journey into the wilderness. And it says in verse four that he asked God that he might die. He says, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And so we see Elijah, he is incredibly discouraged. And that's just one thing. I want our expectations to be clear. If we think that our whole life is just going to be like one big mountaintop experience like 1 Kings 18, we need to know there's going to be some moments like 1 Kings 19, where you are down, you are discouraged. And even Elijah here, it's almost like he he feels like giving up and he's saying, God, I just want to die. And, and you will experience difficult moments. I mean, one, we should expect that because we live in a fallen, sinful world, but also we should expect some of that with the Christian life, with ministry. Can you find a figure in the Bible that God used that didn't go through difficulty, that didn't go through trials, or even at times that didn't feel discouraged? Uh, you're going to 
see that as a theme. So we need to understand that that is a reality, but we also need to see some of this. What do we do about that? And how does God minister to Elijah in this moment where he is down in the dumps, where he is discouraged? How does God respond? And one thing I like to point out here is, well, the first thing that God even provides for Elijah in this moment when he is discouraged is he gives him a nap and a snack, right? He, he, he lays down under this tree and he sleeps. And then an angel comes and says, arise and eat. And there was a cake there on these hot stones that the angel had provided for him. And if this, this is, of course, where angel food cake comes from, just in case you're wondering about that. Uh, but we see God provides a food for him. He gets some rest. And sometimes, honestly, that can be something that we need when we're discouraged. Sometimes when you're discouraged, you need a snack and a nap. And we need to not maybe overlook some of those physical things sometimes. I think we need to be careful that we don't think, well, the the physical things will take care of all of the discouragement. No, there's going to be a spiritual component too, but that's one place where it starts then for Elijah. And then he goes uh, on the strength of that food. He goes on this great journey, 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God, which we would identify as Mount Sinai, the place where the law was given, right? He goes goes off into the wilderness to meet with God. And there's some things there I think that can also be instructive to us uh, just as we consider, well, what do we do in these moments of discouragement, in these moments where we uh, feel like giving up? And as he goes there, you know, he gives his spiel to God, which we'll see him say multiple times, where he says, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So you you get a little more of how Elijah feels there. Hey, I've been working hard. I've been jealous for the Lord. I've been doing what God has told me to do, but it's not getting results, and I'm all alone. Right? And that's how you might feel sometimes in ministry. I'm jealous for God. I'm serving him, but no one seems to be following and I am all alone. And then there's that interesting scene where yeah, there's this wind and it says the Lord is not in the wind and there's this earthquake and the Lord is not in the earthquake and there's a fire, but the Lord is not in the fire. And after the fire, there's the sound of a low whisper. And I do think part of what's being communicated there is, hey, Elijah, God is not always in the fire coming down and consuming the sacrifice. Yes, there's amazing and big things that God does, but so much of what God does is is in the background. It's the low whisper. It's not something that you even notice in in the moment, but God is working. And often God is working in in these ways that we don't see at the time and we need to trust him. And that's something that should encourage us when we feel like, man, what I'm doing just doesn't seem to be getting these amazing results. Hey, that doesn't mean that God is not still working. And then God encourages Elijah and tells him to some encouraging things. Like one, he reminds him, hey, you know what? There's actually 7,000 in Israel that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. You are not alone. You are not the only one, Elijah. And he tells him to get back to work. And sometimes that's what we need when we're discouraged. Hey, just keep going. Keep serving the Lord. And even he commissions him, hey, you need to go find this guy, Elisha. 
And you need to anoint him to to be a prophet, even in your place. He's going to take over for you, Elijah. And that's something. Sometimes when we're discouraged, what we need to do is go out and encourage someone else. Hey, Elijah, you're discouraged. Go out and get Elisha and train him up. When you're discouraged, go out, find somebody, encourage them, build them up, train them up. So expect there will be difficulty in your Christian life. There will be difficulty as you seek to serve God in the midst of a wicked nation. But hopefully in those moments of discouragement, some things you see here from Elijah might help you as well. In chapter 20 of 1 Kings, we see uh, Ahab at war with the king of Syria. And it's another strange situation where you're like, oh yeah, Ahab, he's a wicked king. Syria is going to wipe him out. But God gives Ahab victory, and there's another moment clearly where you see God acts for his own honor despite King Ahab because the Syrians are saying bad things about God. And God says, no, that's not how this works. I'm going to show you who the real God is. And then in chapter 21, we we see uh, this incident where basically Ahab Uh, more really through the the workings of his wife, Jezebel, they just outright lie uh, about this man. Uh, This man then is murdered and they steal his vineyard. So, I mean, there's three of the great of the Ten Commandments right there. They they organize this situation where people are bearing false witness, uh, breaking commandment number nine, so that this guy can be murdered, breaking commandment number six, so that they can steal, breaking commandment number eight. And that's where we then see God condemn him for what he has done and and say, hey, you're similar fate really to what we've seen with some of these other wicked kings. But it's also very interesting that Ahab responds with sorrow and even some measure of repentance and humility, where even God says to Elijah, have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me, because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the disaster in his days, but in his son's days, I will bring the disaster upon his house. So that's another interesting moment. Even Ahab shows some level of repentance and God shows a level of mercy on him in that moment. One other clear thing as we think about expectations, and that's going to come from Romans 6. Uh, We should not expect uh, that the Christian life will be without difficulty. But sometimes we almost get to a point where we just expect the Christian life is just going to be this slog of failure uh, and fruitlessness. And that also is not a biblical expectation. And that's what we're going to see in Romans chapter 6. I think this is a critical chapter for a lot of Christians. It answers some critical questions. It starts to get into even the why. Why should I do what is right? Because it begins with this question that really, if you're preaching the gospel, should come up at some point uh, where he says, what then shall we say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? If I'm saved by faith, if it's a gift of grace, if it's not on my works, and even if kind of the sin of Adam and other things kind of pointed to the grace of Christ, well, then why don't I just go keep on sinning? If that's going to glorify God's grace and I'm not saved by my works, why not keep sinning? And he clearly responds to this saying, no, 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 that is not how we should think. And then he gives the clear reasons why, how can we who died to sin still live in it? 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, that in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Hey, you have died with Christ. You have been raised with Christ. We should not go back to our old way of living. We should live a new life with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And that leads to another thing. If you are a Christian, there should be an expectation of victory in your life. Now, now to be clear, that does not mean there will be victory without any failure or without any discouragement, but the theme should be victory. I mean, we even see there verse 11, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You're not a slave. Jesus has set you free. You are not dead because you have been risen with Christ. Stop expecting that your life will be one of slavery and death. No, Jesus has set you free from those things. Change your expectations and don't offer yourself as a slave to sin. Offer yourself as a slave to righteousness. And so that's another thing that I think often we get wrong. And unfortunately, I think in many churches, even the Bible is preached, yeah, you know, we're saved by grace, but we're just going to be messes and just miserable failures still for the rest of our life until we get to heaven. And that's not true. And that I'm not trying to say, oh, we're, we're never going to struggle. There's never going to be failure in our lives as Christians. But what the Bible is saying here is that you have died with Christ. You have been risen with Christ. You are not a slave of sin anymore. Don't think like a slave. Don't act like a slave. Don't act like you're dead anymore. You are alive in Christ. So that's another clear thing as we think through our expectations. So as we start a new week, expect difficulty uh, and also see from how God ministered to Elijah, how you can grow in some of those moments of difficulty and discouragement. But also from Romans 6, we need to expect victory and we need to consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And let's offer our bodies as slaves to righteousness, offer our bodies in obedience to Christ, uh, because through Christ and through really being baptized uh, spiritually into him, we have a new power in our lives. So let's set those expectations this new week. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.